good afternoon from here, but uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's morning. Slowly waking up. I am slowly, but surely waking up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you were talking to me about TikToks earlier. And yes. uh, in order to keep people's attention, just in life in general, right? You have to kind of, you know, keep things moving. And, yeah. Uh, you know, have have energy in every two seconds. Um, so I can't promise that from me personally <laughs> today. So... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it today, like on this episode, but maybe after some editing magic, it'll be full of like energy on TikTok. It will be like, hey guys, awesome. Welcome to what we stream. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for starting that, by the way. It was funny. Oh, I actually yeah. watched um, the CNN documentary about HQ, uh, the, the game show thing everybody was into for like a hot six months. And that was it. Man, no idea what that was. <laughs> Yeah, no. Everybody was into it in San Francisco, so, but yeah, but New York was kind of. I mean, it got popular in New York, but when I was in New York, everybody was kind of doing their own thing. But in San Francisco, everybody was into HQ, the game show, interactive game show, and like they were talking about? about how it was fun. What? Sorry. What was it about? Like, what's the, what's the point of of that game show? Well, it was it was like an interactive game show on your phone that was hosted by like oh. comedians and stuff. And so then it's like the Nuvi experience at the IMAX theater. <laughs> Nuvi, what? Like, don't you have that? Like, I went to the IMAX theater yeah. yesterday, and they're like, instead of just waiting like normal people used to, they're like, here are some games. Like you're a kid in an airplane. Oh, you know? that. Oh, there's just an like, actual. Put your game up. And put your phone up and you can play the interactive game like with AR, VR, whatever bullshit. And, oh, you can uh, do that now? Oh. Yeah, you can do that now. Yeah. yeah our, I mean, our in, in still IMAX, have, um, I think. Yeah, our um, theaters still have uh, just Nuvi. what is it? Like trivia. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. I mean, they have trivia, but then it's like they have a whole Marmot ad as well. And it's like, it's like, I'm the Marmot. Marmot, as in like, damn it, but like Marmot or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it been a while since I've been in years. A little bit lame. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. Yeah, in... but think, okay. Thing is, I, I went to see John Wick 4 yesterday right. in IMAX. Whoa. And the, the greeter was a, like, John Wick impersonator. Yeah. With, like, all the wounds and, like, the suit and the hair and the beard and, and everything. But, like, the vibe was, like, you know, okay. Like, when when I'm, if I was, okay, if I were a John Wick impersonator welcoming people with my tick for with their tickets I'd be like you know tickets and then if I scan them he says is, is it okay I'll be like yeah you know that's how I'd like that's the only thing I would say yeah. but he was like you know hi guys you're gonna have an amazing time it's so cool and <laughs> And at first, I didn't figure it out. I was like, why is he dressed like that? And I was like, oh, they hired a guy to, <laughs> to yeah. dress up like John Wick. But he has the personality of a Cheesecake Factory waiter. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, hello, my name's Brian. I'll be your server today. I dressed up as John Wick for your enjoyment. But it's sort of, yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going back, games, <laughs> HQ. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, I'm, I'm, also, I'm just, also, I'm just yeah. trying to picture this. It just seems so like off. It's like those like people when you walk down like the yeah. Hollywood, like the Walk of Fame, that like dress like the characters, but they don't like yeah. actually do it. 
Did I tell you about the time in middle school? I went with a group to go to um, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I guess I wasn't looking because, you know, there's certain mm -hmm. things I don't look for in on the Walk of Fame. But a bunch of my classmates noticed that Spider-Man had a boner. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a bulge, children. <laughs> I, I, I had I had no interest. I wasn't looking, but everybody noticed it. Isn't that... I like Is that out of character. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's going on say, there. I don't know. It, it's sort of like I don't know what's worse, like Spider Man with a boner, or like you know, topless guitar man beating someone up. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I think topless guitar man was actually pretty nice, but I think it was like another Spider Man guy who, or was it? Super Mario, I don't know, like someone beat up some other mascot in Times Square at one point, or maybe every day. It's just like we don't hear about it. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, isn't that like cause for some type of like, uh, I don't know, is it illegal to have a boner in public? Um, not if you're Spider Man. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I know that just sounds creepy. It's like kids, like look, teacher, there's there's a boner, and the guy's like, hello. And like, that's when they call the police. All right, let's circle this back before we go. That, that's when they call the police. It's when he starts talking to people, but if you leave him on his own and he doesn't bother anybody. Spider boner, spider. Okay, before. <laughs> Where was I? HQ. Okay. The point, the point yes. I was making was that the point they tried, they were kind of hinting at in the whole documentary, at least from my perspective, is that HQ was made almost not out of spite, but out of like anger and at revenge of the world for Vine failing because it was founded by the same guys that founded Vine. Oh. And basically it crashed and burned because they got too big too fast. And then they basically crashed after that because they grew so fast that like, you know, all the office tensions happened and then like a lot of glitches and stuff. It was basically like what would happen if you shoved the movie, the social network into like six months or mm -hmm. like a few years if you include like the amount of time it took to like develop developing anything everything before launching it but yeah no what i noticed from it was like yeah so vine was basically the birth of like a new type of art form in terms mm -hmm. of video and like you were talking to me about how to make a tiktok this morning and then and then it's like as much as we want to think it's this like poppy everyday thing it really is like kind of a craft now to make good like tiktoks and stuff and like yeah. vine was like the beginning of that and there was a guy that they were interviewing that pretty much went into that before they got into the hq stuff was that basically the founders of vine almost invented or it led to the invention of like a new type of video art form that like didn't yeah. really exist before and like new ways of like getting the audience stimulated and how do you get the joke or a point across in this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. So they were like the ones that made the platform that made a new craft happen and stuff. So yeah, it's like, sure. so I thought that was pretty cool. But then on the other end, I think we're coming to a time where like long form video is making its way back, especially movies. 
because mm-hmm. uh, every movie that came out in the past few Super weeks long. is doing really freaking well. It's doing really well in the box mm-hmm. office. Creed three uh, was the one you just saw. John Wick four. Yeah, and uh, it's like two hours and forty nine minutes. It's almost as long as Endgame, I think. Yeah, or The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah the irishman and that that's the thing because that it's like the previews made it look like it was going to be like a more serious like slow burn version of john wick because i associate john wick with just like 90 minutes of fighting and once mm-hmm. in a while talking but like this one if i'm not mistaken it's a little more story based right yeah i mean um i think you see a lot more of the other characters in the john wick world yeah. this one than i think in the others um i mean this john wick is probably my favorite apart from the first one i feel like the first one had that like great setup and a great introduction to the world of john wick and like it was a pretty tight story and uh yeah john wick 4 i feel like the first third of the movie or maybe the first yeah the first third of the movie is much more based on the other assassins in the world and what they're doing and there's a lot more emphasis on on their fight scenes and yeah. then once you get through that first third or first half of the movie then it's all like john wick um you know with some exceptions here and there uh it's mostly john wick just like tearing up berlin and paris yeah um and um you know i think is probably the one that I felt was the most brutal. Really? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, in a strange way. Maybe it's because I saw it in IMAX and like every, like the beginning of the movie, you just hear like this really heavy pounding and it's like, it really, maybe it's because of the loudspeakers in the IMAX theater, but it's just like, it's just like pounds inside your chest right. and you hear... Um, uh, forgot. Uh, you know the guy who played Morpheus in the Matrix movies. Oh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. He has a whole speech that apparently is taken from Dante's Inferno or something, and he's like, "We are in the depths of blah blah blah." You know, like the whole thing, mm-hmm. very dramatic. And then the pounding is John Wick hitting a straw, kind of, you know, um, you know, posts that. Uh, some martial arts used to like harden your fists. Oh yeah. So it's like so it's like. Pum, pum. Wait, you're talking and, about the Wing Chun one, the from uh, uh, not the Hit wooden Man? one. Oh, yeah, okay. not not that one. It's like just like a piece of a plank of wood with like a little square with like a let's say a cushion, even though it doesn't really cushion that much, and uh, and then it's just like pounding on it straight on. It's not like the Wing Chun thing where you know he's like. Um, exercising blocks and how to hit in different places. It's just like a straight up punch, and yeah. like it's just like this thumping, and you're like, oh shit, like this, this is gonna, you know, and that that's the thing you see in the trailers. Like, are you ready, John? And it's like, yeah, and <laughs> man of little he always, words. He yeah, always says yeah the same way, <laughs> which yeah. I love. But <laughs> it seems like yeah he's a man of of a uh, few words and yeah. uh, he lets his gun do the talking yeah <laughs> not like your impersonator at the movies 
Are you ready? Yes. No, no, no. I was like, yes, I'm so ready. It's amazing. I love being here. You know, that's what he would have said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If he was John Wick, it would have been done in the first. He's like, dude, yeah. But then he just cried about his dog uh, and moved on with his life. (laughs) Talking about, uh, you know, Wing Chun, like Donnie Yen is, is in it. You know, he played Ip Man in those Ip Man movies. Right. And uh, he plays um, a blind assassin. Uh, and it's really cool how you see how he's, because like, it's clear at one point in the movie that he wasn't always blind. And yeah. like he sacrificed his eyes for the table. So it's oh. like, uh, um, so you see like how he adapts and like he has like little motion sensors that, like ring when someone goes by and that's when he attacks them. It's pretty cool. Wait, but, whose character is this? Uh, Donnie Yen. Oh, oh yeah, he's in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you have uh, Hiroyuki Sanada, I think, who's oh, nice. usually a samurai. And yeah, there's also familiar train. <laughs> no, there's some familiar faces in the in the trailers, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I forgot. Um, Donnie Yen was in it because like the most recent trailers yeah. was mostly like him riding a horse or something yeah. like, like i'm like is this like half the movie okay. i can't remember that <laughs> when, when did the punching happen he's like he's like in a desert right and he's riding a horse uh john wick does that yeah yeah okay yeah, that's actually like, at the beginning of the movie so i'm not explaining anything it's just like he starts his rampage yeah in the desert <laughs> in morocco and uh you know yeah. um and then sort of like um, you get to see the Osaka Continental Hotel, which is pretty cool. Oh. Um, and then you get to see his like family, quote unquote, yeah. slash mob crew, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, his adoptive mob family in Berlin. It, it's funny because yeah. like John Wick felt to me that like they didn't expect it to be this big. And two and three felt like they were just kind of like making shit up to fill the fill yeah. the air. And now yeah. it's like a whole lore with like different continental hotels and different, mm-hmm. there's this whole network of stuff. And you realize you're not in the real world anymore. You're in like yeah. John Wick universe. Yeah. But the first movie was very, very set in the real world. And the continental hotel wasn't really like, it, it was the ma- it, it was a main catalyst, but it wasn't really like the main part of the movie. It was just something mm-hmm. they kind of just like mentioned. Yeah. But yeah. The entire like John Wick was just supposed to be kind of like this like low mid budget return for Keanu Reeves, and now it's like a thing with like lore, yeah. and like it's world. It's 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 interesting. It's like it's kind of it kind of um, did the backwards thing from like what a lot of other movies. I, I notice a lot of movies don't do well when they make the lore ahead of time and then yeah. make the movie. Yeah. Whereas they I just mean, make a yeah. movie like Star Wars was never intended to have this much lore. It was literally just here. Here's what I could make because I couldn't get the rights to Buck Rogers. That, that, that was the that, that was that was it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I mean, you know, um, you could say the same thing about that Willow, you know, yeah. TV show that they did on, on Disney Plus. Yeah. And it was just like lore dump after lore dump after lore dump. It's like, my name is Kit. My mother, Sorsha. And you're like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to like, start grounded. <laughs> Everybody just has to start with a good story and build it out from there. It's like, hey, we're trying to fight the evil power. It's like, okay, now I get it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and the that, that's what I'm nervous about with them. You know, the Avatar: like, The Last Airbender show is like, I wonder, like, 
I wonder if they're going to start small or if they're going to throw us right in as if it's like Lord of the Rings. Like, here's your world. Or if they're just going to start with like a really small human story and then build out the world from there. Mm, I don't know. I, I think it's like, it's weird, but it might be a bit of both because like, I mean, the the first, uh, let's say the, the first um, season of The Last Airbender was essentially Fire Nation versus Water Tribe. Yeah. And that felt like pretty contained. Right. Um, so it was like, okay, we need a savior. Aang is here. Okay, he's gonna help us. But it was it wasn't like the Fire Nation is attacking the whole world, and here are all the different parts of the world, and you know yeah. them right now, and then you have to save everything. Uh and uh, you know, no, first it was like, okay, we we have our little tribe. And then there's like a big ass city that comes up later on that's yeah. also in the water tribe area. Right. And so like, I, I think, yeah, it's probably going to start small, but it'll yeah. still add some Easter eggs that long time fans will be like, oh, I know what that is. But then it won't like, I think there's a way to have Easter eggs without people who don't know the franchise being confused. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of people, a, a lot of like, you know, uh, uh, reboots or sequels or whatever is just like lore dump, bam, and or it's like oh reference that you have no idea what it means, yeah. and it's a major part of the story, like you know, <laughs> so <laughs> like you have to balance that a little bit. I feel because like yeah. I tend to be a bit of a nerd, so yeah. I know all of the references usually, or I'll just Google it. I don't mind, but yeah. I know that most people will be like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Yeah, I'm a very I, I look at a lot of things from like a casual fans perspective just because it's like like I used to be kind of ashamed of it and I tried to get into like the super lore of everything. And then I realized, wait, my point of view is like what the not the rest of the world, but mm -hmm. it's what a lot of people are thinking. And if you look at it from a business perspective, every every company wants different levels of fans like you need your core fans like Star Wars wouldn't last wouldn't have lasted unless they had like the people that made the legends and the people that argued online, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, it wouldn't exist the way it does. But it's like you also, you know, if you close your door to kind of like new fans and more casuals and, yeah. you know, you end up just kind of like going in circles and you don't really get challenged too much. Like I think The Mandalorian became so popular because the fucking sequels were such a dumpster fire that it was like, it was, it was yeah. like you had the old star Wars stuff and the sequels was like, let's be completely new. Let, let's start with like something they know and do be completely new for episode eight. And then episode nine was like backtracking. And then Mandalorian was like, yeah, found the happy medium. And I think we talked about that oh, a lot, but yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, the, the Mandalorian was season one came out right, right before uh, rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And Mandalorian gave me enough hope that I actually went to see Rise of Skywalker in the theater. I yeah. kind of regret it now, but like that's how much effect uh, that's the effect that Mandalorian has or at least had on me at the time. Yeah. It's just like, oh, cool. And then, oh, and Ray heals a slug in the desert. Oh, that's what Grogu does or Baby Yoda at the time because we didn't know his name. Yeah. Does with, uh, <laughs> with the guy who plays. Uh, uh that boxer in rocky what's his name apollo uh, oh uh <laughs> Apollo creed carl, carl weathers yeah carl weathers yeah <laughs> so i was like oh, I, I, I know his Baby name on top of my that. head 
Yeah, the algorithm's getting smart because like you can start on the Mandalorian thing. And if it has Carl's Carl Ruthers in it, you go to the next one, and it's that Rocky three scene where he's like, "There is no tomorrow." And then the next thing, there's T-shirts that are selling me a "There is no tomorrow" shirt. And then it's like <laughs> the algorithm's figuring it out. I don't yeah. know. Like I'm trying Dude, not to get sucked in, but they. they how do you feel? Think. How how do you feel about the TikTok possible TikTok ban? That's that's being chatted about. Well, it's like it's it's not gonna do anything. Like TikTok wasn't really that popular for that long. Like the entire 2010s, TikTok was. They had to advert like the company that owns TikTok or that owned TikTok before, like when it was two different companies. They're the companies that own them musically. Like mm-hmm. you, it was it used to be two apps. It was musically and TikTok. And you would get a lot of ads for both, mostly musically, for like the entire 2010s, because they couldn't get anybody on their um mm-hmm. uh, on their platform. And now they're like having a hot moment, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. It's, it, right now, it's just a moment. And if TikTok gets banned, everyone's just going to run to something else. It's not like TV. Yeah. It's not. It, we're not in like the 90s, 80s anymore, where it's like if you shut down HGTV, it's like, oh, no, we can't watch our home and gardening stuff. It's like if you shut down TikTok, you're just going to have another place people go to. Like it's not. And then while everybody's there. TikTok can rise from the grave like Tumblr and just become popular again years and years later. Like it, it's going to be a long time before people realize how figure out how to contain the internet, and that's like that. This is that's just not going to happen. You, you ban TikTok, it's like you know, good job for you know making sure other people don't get our information, but we're kind of giving it out willy nilly anyway. Like, yeah. to we all can probably the- buy it from Google anyway at some yeah. point. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I'm probably the worst offender because I have like every free trial known to man. So every company on earth, like, has my information. Like, this, at this guy point. isn't a good like uh, bet for for money. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. can probably make like an AI profile of my face at this point and figure out who Endless I am. Endless free trials for you. <laughs> Endless free trials for everything. Do I use Curiosity Stream? I don't know. We'll generate a new email every month for your free trials. Yeah, exactly. Masterclass. Sure, let's learn guitar from five different people that's a banjo from steve martin why not (laughs) (laughs) i mean i know he does the comedy class on there but i'm pretty sure he spends half of it doing banjo you know what's funny about banjos are funny (laughs) it's funny because like he never uses his banjo for comedy like that's his serious side when he has a banjo and i'm like this is supposed to be a joke right and i guess he needs a that's when he needs a break and he's like I'm done with you guys. I'm just going to play some banjo for 30 seconds and I'll start with the jokes again, okay? I'm going to en- go to NPR and play my banjo. Don't bother me. <laughs> PBS News Hour. <laughs> the more you know. No, way. that was, uh, you know. was it NBC. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, sponsored by our friends. Yeah. Uh, At TikTok. Cellular, cellular network. I can't remember what the, what the ads were. Mobile. Mint Mobile, now part of T-Mobile. Uh, right. But um, what, what were we just talking about? Uh, oh yeah, the world oh, bending. Okay, so back yeah. to Avatar. The the last part I was gonna make about Avatar is that like at at the end of the day, the the core of the Avatar story, when you like erase all the shit around, like the core mm-hmm. of the Avatar, the Last Airbender, is like discovering you had a lost sibling or having an adopted yeah. sibling. It's like 
what if you adopted Superman? What if you were just two siblings on your own and you adopted someone that happened to be Superman? And if yeah. you erase like everything, all of that, that's the core of the story. So you can start with that and stay grounded. But it, it will get difficult once, you know, because a lot of people know the world already. So you can't really like make stuff up too much. Whereas mm-hmm. something like John Wick, it's like, sure, there's another Continental Hotel over here. Sure, yeah. there's it's like oh, that happening. new rules from the table that haven't been used in 200 years. You know, it's like there there are like old rules, the old ways. Yeah. Like you have a whole thing about the old ways. Uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, I just want to mention like, uh, you know, Lance Reddick died this uh, this week. Um, and I just want to say rest in peace to a hero, my vanguard in destiny yeah. 2 and also yeah. <laughs> and also i mean he's been in so many tv shows that i've loved over the years like he wasn't fringe he was in uh wired back in the day yeah um like the destiny games and uh like john wick more recently and uh he's in like this is his last john wick movie for sure like uh, i won't spoil anything but uh they 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 i, I don't know if they knew what was going to happen yeah, but you know they they do put like in in loving memory of um, Lance Reddick at the end of the movie. Yeah, I, I notice that's happening yeah. a lot. Like a lot of like nerd favorite actors, especially like, I mean, of course it's, it's sad when anybody. It's always the best that? ones. It's always yeah. the good ones that that go early. Yeah, they're the ones that are like super that are like serious about their craft and all of that. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it, it's uh it's happening a lot more and like. I mean, maybe it's not happening a lot more. They just, it's just reported like a lot more. Or maybe oh, we're just getting old. Like, <laughs> maybe we're getting old and we're at that age when we're like, hey, remember that guy from blank, blank, blank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's know. like, oh, <laughs> he was already old when I was five. Yeah. And- <laughs> age 60. See, that was, that. that's the generation. It was like right? a lot of, it was a lot of people in like their 50s and 60s in the past few years. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I wonder if partially if it's because, you know, it's like that that generation, that part of that generation was like the hustle generation. Mm-hmm. Like you want something in your life, you go get it and you run full force at it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Do I don't know. The, um, I think what's gone viral this week is uh, I mean, a lot of like Lance Reddick posts and everything. But there's one clip from a funnier die skit sketch that he did back in the day. And he's like the owner of the Toys R Us. Yeah, but it's like the toys are me, and uh, <laughs> you know, and he's Liz, and uh, there's this quote that's really like, you know, and if you fuck up, I will go into your homes and shit in places that will keep you confused for the rest of your days. <laughs> See, that's what I liked about Lance Reddick. He he wasn't afraid and to his be delivery. Weird. Yeah, and his delivery like, is just perfect. It's just yeah. like it's amazing. Like he he on Eric Andre too. Um, I guess it was a planned ahead skip, but there was supposed to be a part where he was supposed to like make. Eric Andre is scared mm-hmm. and like he actually did make him scared it wasn't like mm-hmm. part of the bit and I was like and all the comments were basically the same where like that is the theater actor coming out basically mm-hmm. like I I miss that level of like theater actor that can walk into a room and sell the weirdest thing possible and mm-hmm. like make it like this thing that just gets like a gut reaction on you like Patrick Stewart can do that even though he's mm-hmm. just like a goofball half the time, like Lance Reddick. But yeah. 
and both shaved their heads or were bald. I'm not sure. Shiny. <laughs> it probably brings out the uh, the power, just like One Punch Man. Just like yeah, you know, maybe that's why Dave Bautista's, uh, <laughs> maybe that's why Dave Bautista's bald. Yeah, he, he wants it removes to, he wants to your great. limiter when you shave your head, yeah. uh, <laughs> and you become wants... superhuman. Yeah, <laughs> and you're chosen, you know, discipline. But <laughs> yes, all right. It's like, it'll so... become a thespian, and then it's like master thespian. And you remember that old uh, John Lovitz uh, sketch? I remember everything John Lovitz does. I don't remember. I don't know why. Like when he plays Santa Claus, it's like I will play the. The daring role of Saint Nicholas. <laughs> Side oh, Master Thespian. Yeah, sorry. Oh yeah. So okay. So before we move on to like the the topic that, that we were talking about about like us mm-hmm. and advertising stuff. Okay. Two yes. two things I want to talk about streaming, and I'm gonna like this is the last of streaming talk for me at least. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? One, I watched the first episode of Swarm, the one that's uh, produced by what is it, Donald Glover, and. So far, I like it because it feels like the B-side to like what Stranger Things was supposed to be. Like Stranger Things was like a look back at like the 80s, I would say like blockbuster horror or blockbuster like kids on adventure kind of movies. Mm -hmm. It's like it was like a mashup of that and Swarm so far in the, at least from the first episode, it felt, it feels like a mashup of like the weird movies that would get dis- rediscovered on like vhs later right. like the slower creepier weirder more avant-garde like horror movies like i like this a little bit more than uh at least so far i like it a little bit more than atlanta like mm-hmm. atlanta took it took me a while to kind of like oh that's what we're going yeah but then like this one is like maybe because i was like walked in a little more and now i'm a guy that watched the racer head so it's like so so now i'm so now i'm now like, oh, I'm okay. cultivated now and... i'm cultivated i watch horror on the criterion channel now yes. and now i watch it and I watch storm and i go ah yes donald i see <laughs> see what you're going i saw rod three times uh no but uh... <laughs> those fucking weird horror movies where they like chant on a mountain for like half an hour uh, yeah yeah Folk I mean, horror. Ah, you know. yeah ugh. uh i mean there's um i guess like it's not technically streaming talk but i saw this trailer i mean i saw a bunch of trailers yesterday one yeah. being for the blackening we really looking forward to seeing that movie yeah and i saw that quote yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like the there's it's kind of like a saw type situation yeah i think i just have like this weird like bias against like um I, I don't know when, when, when like movies because like throughout the 2010s and when I look back on it, I'm going to be like, oh, this is like why we had to do certain things. Mm-hmm. But is it just me or is it like you can tell when they're just going off the cuff? You know what I mean? Like yeah. when a movie yeah. is just kind of just loose and being yeah. itself. It's like they're you know? they're just having fun with this and yeah. you can see it. And uh, another movie that I did not no existed is this um uh, kind of like finnish i and like it, it's in english but like the story is about this finnish gold miner in yeah. 1950 in 1944 which is like in the middle of second world war yeah and um how this one man let's say the finnish version of john wick in the 1940s uh destroys like kills nazis essentially 
and it's called Sisu, which oh, I've been okay. I've been to Finland uh, back in the day and a beautiful country. Um, and yeah, Sisu is like the like the will to never give up. Like that's their that's their name for it. Right. And you know, and they're like, he's not immortal. He's just he does like it's just like he doesn't want to die. Like as in like he's you know he just keep on he just keeps on coming right right and uh, like uh, it just starts with him being stopped by some you know German army and saying oh you're a you're a gold miner ha 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 you know oh little you <laughs> and then he just like loses it and stabs a guy in his skull. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's the beginning of the trailer. <laughs> how do you spell this movie? Because I typed in S I S I S U. Okay. Because I typed in S E E S U, and the first thing no, I got no. was "elevate learning in elementary." And I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is. Uh, I don't think this, this learn how to spell. <laughs> Sisu. Sisu. S I S U. And okay. uh, like the other theater goers, as as you know, along with with myself, we were all like damn we gotta see this movie yeah uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah i'm really looking forward to that but mm. uh yeah i didn't know this this I, I didn't know it was gonna come out i didn't know it existed i didn't know it was being produced like it's just like looks it's like a yeah gore fest set in second world war finland and because like unless i'd say for the people who don't know finland was at war with the uh ussr at the time yeah and near the end of the war they were at war with both the ussr and the nazis essentially yeah. <laughs> so they had to fight on two fronts and they won you know so badasses uh but um so that's the movie about i think it's based on a true story like that's how they're making it sound about yeah. this one man massacre machine uh with his dog so it's kind of like john wick yeah. but from finland and wow. not like uh keanu reeves yeah i'm looking at this yeah. now of a tommy corpy okay we're gonna stage six films oh dude they're doing a lot like i got stage six um they're making this uh movie based on knights of the zodiac or knights of zodiac and yeah like... i saw it yeah yeah yeah. I also didn't yeah. expect that. I found it on Instagram. I think I put it in our stories and I was yeah. like, what? Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Meteors of Pegasus. <laughs> Pegasus attack. Oh, uh, you know. Oh, this looks good. But um Dragon Knight. Yeah, sorry. All right. We're back. Okay. Um advertising section. What, what do you want to talk about? Okay, because um I don't know. We uh, we never really talked about like who we are, I guess. And this does feel, yeah, this feels weird because it's like kind of goes I, off. I complain about my job sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the podcast. Well, I don't complain. I just like I try to exercise my my work demons uh, live on recording. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. Thing is, like, um, I mean, I, I'm still full on in, in the industry, um, and yeah, I don't know. It, it's sort of like um, it's strange because it's creative, but it's very corporate as well, and it's kind of like I don't know. Like, I, I remember when I told 
my filmmaking friends back in the day, like I'm going to go into advertising. They're like, so you're going to like sell products, blah, like, oh, like that's so creative. And I was like, well, I want to pay my bills. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's more or less uh, how I got into it. But then like, yeah, I mean, I had worked in advertising a bit before and I enjoyed it. And it's like a nice little, uh, you're always working on something different or usually you're always working on something, something different, which is what kind of got me into it. Cause I get yeah bored very easily. yeah And, um, Yeah, I don't know. It, it's sort of like, it, it just, it permeates my life so much that I don't really know what to say about it. It's like, it's right just like the status quo. Like that's, you know, how I'm, yeah how I'm living right now. yeah no that's that's how i feel in my like job right now as a as an rbt is that like like i really don't know what to tell people about it just because it's kind of like like you said it's like the baseline of my life and like you know what to say until you have enough maybe not all the experience in the world but enough experiences that it's like you you really don't know how to nail down certain things like how to tell people how it works And for me, but what became easier over time after leaving was um, being able to talk about advertising and noticing how it kind of shaped the way I look at a lot of things. Like advertising in an industry is always going to be crazy because media is going to become more and more democratized. Like at the end of the day, we're going to watch like the main networks less. We're going to watch content from big companies less. And we're basically... kind of like we're in we're, we're we're entering more and more into the open market of in entertainment or like our entertainment choices are the same as those like street markets i guess in like Yeah. movies like with aladdin running through <laughs> that that <laughs> the thing that's is, it's like, yeah yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's like this new frontier that's going to open up because, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of, um, you know, as you probably guessed through, you know, using social media, you always get ads thrown at you all the time. And it's Right. more or less customized to maybe what you Googled an hour before, or maybe what you said on WhatsApp. Yeah. Like that'll happen to me. I'll talk to my brother on WhatsApp and then an hour later, some ad for something that we talked about just shows up out of nowhere. Right. And uh, you'll be like, oh, okay. So uh, I think that the big trend that's going to start to change is I think in, in the US at least, and I think in many other countries, they're going to start outlawing third-party data. So Mm hmm you can't buy data collected from other companies, essentially. Like you can only use the data that you collect yourself. Right. And use it in your own thing. So that's sort of something that is going to change, I think, a lot of the strategy and maybe make it a bit less insidious in a way. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, if if the information is there and it's available, um, I don't think you can blame, let's say, someone who's trying to sell their T-shirts on Facebook. Uh, you know, you can't blame them for wanting to buy into the ad targeting platform Or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like just, that's just a part of, of uh, you know, advertising your, your products or making business or whatever, right? But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's like, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but th there's sort of like, I, I think there's going to be a good transition into we have to come up with our own shit and not just buy other people's shit and use it as our own. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. like, By shit, I mean information and messaging and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, we we use the targeting, we use the Facebook thing a little bit. It maybe worked for 
week. Yeah. Uh, three days. And then I think we tried a couple of times after that, but like that was around our, what was it? The uh, squid game episode that we did. Yeah. And I think that's our most highly played um, episode of all time. And we talked about a bunch of different things, but, I, but like the part that people listened to the most was the squid game section, if I right. remember correctly. But, you know, it's like, what's the difference between having just like a huge number of plays and having people come back to listen more. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, I don't know that that's always like, cause we do a little bit, I guess, of advertisory thinking for our podcast. Yeah. And, but like, for me, it's more like my escape from the world. And even though, <laughs> or I yeah. guess my escape from my day-to-day job and, and um, you know, but it's still like, we're still trying to launch this like off the ground. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of like, I felt like maybe, I think both of us were kind of like reticent to really go full, you know, I guess like, oh, we're going to sell this thing, you know, because we're, yeah. we're just like, we want to keep it pure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because like, but no, it's that's not like the a creative of... pursuit, right? Or just like, we're just talking on the weekends. Yeah. And having fun doing it. Yeah. No, that's the weird thing about like the internet is like, once you get too big, then it's like, unless you, unless you really do something with it, it's, it, it's like, it's like the Paul brothers. They were, they were supposed to be, done like a long time ago like they were they were they were expected back. to be a flash in the pan but mm-hmm. all of a sudden they wanted to box and it's like okay i, I guess mean, this is how we're gonna see you here. know <laughs> i mean it was a smart decision on their part and yeah. you know i don't especially you want to box <laughs> okay. yeah i mean yeah i mean i boxed a little bit in college but like you know yeah i didn't have enough upper body strength for that at the time but yeah <laughs> but it's like uh i know there was this guy that i didn't like in college and he knew that i didn't like it I was like hey man you want to get it out get it out <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay bro like very dumb 20 something shit during a yeah. boxing match but yeah i once had to spar with the guy who knew krav maga and he just like floored me he's just oh, like jesus shit yeah thing is i was bigger than him and like you know so i was more like the slow guy who does like big swings and he's just like the small guy going like he's the pacquiao then (laughs) yeah he's the he's the he's the ip man of (laughs) just do all those his hand stuff and that's it (laughs) just like endless straight punches like you know Uh, like with the rice back (laughs) i know one thing is like it started bleeding a little bit because my lips were chapped not because like he split it open but i guess like it was a mixture of both and he was like oh you're bleeding and i'm like let's keep on going and i could see it in his eyes like yeah let's keep on going (laughs) i was like what did i what did i get myself into but i survived it's all good i didn't go to boxing after that (laughs) (laughs) But right. yeah, but thing is, okay. Uh, back on 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 topic. Uh, like uh, we're we talking about. Oh yeah, the the Pauls. Uh, but thing yeah. is, like you know, I think it was a smart decision for them and their content. And like, uh, what's the? I mean, who's the main one? It's like Logan, right? Yeah, I mean, they could they kind of have their own worlds now. Like Jake was kind of in his shadow at first, but he came out with that one music video where he. He's like 
I forgot what it was. He came about like this big music video and then he became a boxer and he's just kind of like, mm -hmm. he's kind of known more, known more as the fiery one, even though right. Logan Paul is like equally, you know, like <laughs> the, the, during Jake Paul's uh, uh, fighting match, uh, what is it, boxing match that happened like a mm -hmm. few weeks ago, like Logan Paul just said, Tommy Fury, your whole family's a bitch. Everyone you know is a bitch. And it was supposed to sound tough, but nobody took him seriously. <laughs> Logan, but everyone was like, "Oh, he called, he called up, he called up Fury's whole family a bitch on live TV," and everybody just kind of chuckled. They like, can't. That's cute, but <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, like uh, the smallest dog barks the loudest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> everybody just like everybody just like did their own thing and just moved on with life after well, that. Was like you know, I think the scariest dudes are the guys who just say silent and then just like just give you crazy googly eyes and then like in the ring they just like knock you out in one punch yeah <laughs> it's not like yeah man i'm gonna floor him i'm gonna beat his ass that's why i want conor mcgregor like, to lose all the time but it's like that's his oh. brand <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, it man. you know it's like oh, i'm logan i'm gonna well i didn't i haven't seen the matches but i'm guessing yeah. it's like the usual kind of conor mcgregor type uh shit talking except without the the irish uh you know, I guess, what do you call it? Uh, whimsy of <laughs> Irish whimsy. <laughs> of a Conor McGregor. <laughs> Conor McGregor is Irish whimsy, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just happily so, skipping through, skipping through just the Just happily skipping through the, the ring <laughs> and going through. And he's probably going to beat my ass one day, but, you know, we'll see. Heart stars and horseshoes. Okay, don't beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the pot of gold. And then it's like, and it's like a gold member reference, you know. My gold. Friend with weed. It's a friend indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a leprechaun, was it three or four? That was a leprechaun reference, everybody. Right. From, the, from what was it? One of the leprechaun movies where he like smokes Was weed. it leprechaun in the hood? It was there. There was two in the hood ones, right? Yeah. Was there an in space one, or is I just making that up? I don't know, but <laughs> I think I heard talks of there being another Leprechaun movie. Oh man! But... <laughs> well, Warwick Davis is around forever. Like he's just ready. He's just up and ready. He's like, we're doing Willow I again, mean, right? There you go. I mean, they they didn't renew Willow, so he's free. You know. <laughs> he's free. Yep. Make, Unless he's doing something else. But. Go make 50 more leprechauns. Let's make the serious prequel, like Prey. Like, uh, dude, uh, okay, I know we're not, I yeah, know. I know we're not in the streaming section, but like, uh, I feel like Warwick Davis is a great actor, mm -hmm. but it doesn't shine in that Willow TV show. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I feel like he, he, he has so much more potential than, than what happened in that TV show. Yeah. Well, I gotta I don't know. see it still. I don't really know. Maybe um, just watch like the first two or three episodes and yeah. then just skip to the end because nothing really happens. Yeah. And that's what I did. And uh, it's just like endless lore dumps. And sh I don't know. It's it, it sort of, I think Disney Plus has a lot of stinkers. It has a lot of wins, but a lot of stinkers and a lot of meh. Mm -hmm. things that that came out i mean if you mix um you know i'm a star wars fan i'm a marvel fan i tend to like those things but yeah i can admit that some of it was kind of subpar yeah and uh you know and for and if that's the only 
original programming apart from the national geographic stuff that they do with you know chris hemsworth and and um you know gordon ramsay or something yeah uh i feel like yeah i don't know it's kind of like lacking a little bit even though i've been enjoying uh, mandalorian season three Mm -hmm. a lot uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy it for what it is. It's it's really a kid's show with too many things that should be and that actually shouldn't be in a kid's show when you think yeah. about it. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> saw this article that said that Lu- this is actually the right time for like Lucasfilm to start making original stuff again. And I totally 100% mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Like they were supposed to adapt a few things at one point, like Children of Blood and Bone and something else. But it was like they were... Like Lucasfilm is a big enough name that like just knowing that they're making something like they could they could become the next Pixar where it's like if you see the the name Lucasfilm before something, it's like, I don't know what the idea is going to be, but, you know, lay it on me because I'm looking forward to it because they were that those people for a while. They made Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, too. Right. So yeah. it's like I I think it's we're we're coming to a time where like original ideas are coming back and it's just going to have to like work the same way it used to, where it has to be sold by a name that you trust, whether it's like a 24 behind it or Lucasfilm, where just like the production company gets too excited. I think we're going to go back to that. Yeah. Or but, like um, a director, you know, yeah. I think now, I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of controversy about around James Gunn and his decisions at DC, but I saw the latest, um, guardians of the galaxy volume three trailer yesterday on yeah. imax and i was like i really want to see this movie and i can't really say the same for many of the marvel movies that came out in the last like since endgame yeah. like uh, most of the movies i waited to i mean after eternals i was like i'm not going to the theater anymore yeah and i'm just gonna wait for it to <laughs> to come out on disney plus but yeah guardians of the galaxy volume three is really one that i mean i connected with that with those characters way more than maybe every other character in the Marvel and the MCU. Yeah. Um, And it does feel like this is the final movie. So you want to see it, especially knowing that James Gunn isn't going to be a Marvel anymore. Yeah. And uh, he's directing the new, uh, what Superman legacy movie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we talked about James Gunn a lot in another episode about like daddy issues. Uh, which I might do a TikTok about uh, next week, but <laughs> I think we should because uh, I think we should, yeah. Because you need to call we him go out before every example, man. It's like, he, yeah, we need to call him out and get this popular before he makes five movies of the yeah. same thing, and, and then people is... start catching on and like, oh, but we caught on like way earlier. Yeah, we, we, yeah, James, <laughs> you could have made better movies if you just listened to us <laughs> like last year. <laughs> man, we're so full. We're so humble. We are so uh, humble. We are a modern yeah. Siskel and Ebert or Ebert and Roper. Exactly. Where, wherever else was the other one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Roger oh, and Ebert. <laughs> Roger and Ebert. <laughs> anyway, what, what I was trying to say about like with advertising and stuff, it yes. did change the way I would think about movies because mm-hmm. like every college fanboy of film, I had a like, especially at the time, like I, I was a very big fan of like, not a very big fan, but I thought the idea of a, of a good film would be something like slow burn, a lot of mumbling. Every point was subtle. You never made your points. 
Mm-hmm. Really obvious to the world. You made it like subtle and make people go ah and stuff. Oh, but strange. like over time, I, I guess like just learning about business models and getting into advertising, it's like mm-hmm. I I learned the role that movies play, and I learned the role of how like when something is funded, how that creates standards, and then how over time I realized that standards are basically just opinions not educated opinions not special opinions Mm -hmm. it's literally like just the opinions of like people in charge and stuff and like i I think there's some there 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 are some companies i think that do a good job at almost memorializing those movies that it's like based on the zeitgeist now this is kind of the the stand, like Criterion Collection and stuff, right? Of course, yeah. they like memorialize all of these like great slow burn indie movies, but they also have Armageddon in the mm-hmm. Criterion Collection, which everybody is like, "Why do you classic. have Armageddon?" But it's <laughs> it's something that become that's a considered a classic, and over time, you know, basically became a standard for a certain type of film. And I think with like advertising, it's kind of um, with advertising. The one thing I learned how to do was to see business models for what it is and to almost be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Because one thing I miss about advertising is that even though, you know, there was a lot of discomfort in terms of where the money was coming from. Are we going to make our money this month? Is this type of advertising or this creative going to be like Mm -hmm. appropriating or is worrying about appropriating going to be pandering and blah, blah, blah. Or should we worry about that? And it was so much of that. But then I noticed how much of that was a good thing when you get into other industries and certain topics, it's very hard to talk about and it's not, and a lot of problems don't get solved because of it. And I think that advertising, the, the mindset we learn in advertising has an important role with that. And it has an important role in like the kinds of movies we're going to continue to make. Because A2, something like A24, they're so low budget that they could just, whatever they make in their first run will probably cover mm-hmm. them for like the next movie or so. So they can keep taking those risks. But Something like, I would say like a Warner Brothers or so, they have this whole, or like even Disney, they have this whole infrastructure to keep up that, you know, you have to put out crap once in a while and lose money and hope maybe 20 years later it becomes like a cult classic or something. Like how out of nowhere, a goofy movie is like, like there's a lot of goofy movie stuff out now. And I'm like, I thought I was the only kid that grew up with it, but it's like everywhere. And like hocus mm-hmm. pocus and stuff. So and like Mel Brooks made fun of this, where you know, most big franchises, most franchises make their money off of merchandise. So it's like, what can you make merchandise out of, right? But yeah. for I guess what advertising kind of opened my eyes to is that everything is run on a gut feeling. Like, even if you look at the stock market and stuff, it's like, it's almost like a weird monetization of people's general gut feelings about stuff. And to make it short, it taught me about trusting my gut. 
So that's kind of where I go with like movie opinions and stuff now. It's like, okay, I'm I'm not trying to like reach a standard anymore. It's like, what is my gut saying about what this movie is trying to do or is it good or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thing is like, uh, I think in advertising, if you don't have, and I guess in, in most things in life, if you're doing creative work or, you know, unless you have something like, I don't know, accounting where you have the numbers to back you up, it's like, these are what the numbers say and blah, blah, blah. Um, like you can't say that in advertising, like you might come up with a line for an ad or like a campaign. And if you don't have a strong point of view, if you don't trust your gut, then no one else will. And a lot of it comes from, you know, convincing people because you're convinced yourself. I think once you start doubting your idea, then why should anyone else believe in it? Right. Right. And I think that's what I learned from advertising. It's really like, you know, I think as a junior, I was like, okay, is this the right thing? Am I doing it? Right, yeah. blah, blah. And then like, I got, I got fired a couple of years ago. And after that, I was sort of like, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And when I got rehired, I sort of got that kind of confidence with it because like the thing that I had feared the most happened and I survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, could have been worse. Could have been better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and um, you know, uh, I was lucky to find a, a job not too too long after, but it was still like a few months of just like uh, paying my bills, having nothing coming in, and yeah. being like, what the fuck is going to happen? And um, you know, and then once you get there, like, okay, so I'll write something, and I this is why I think it is. And the only thing you need is like arguments. If you can make an argument, that makes sense. Uh, You can sell a campaign, you can sell an argument, you can sell a pitch, whatever you want, but it's like, you have to, you have to be convinced yourself for it to work. I think it's, it's just like, um, I know I saw this, I, it's like being a copywriter or an art director. It's like being a salesman, but like in, in the past, so it's like yeah. you're you're being a salesman but predicting the future of right. what someone is going to think when they mm-hmm. read whatever you write. And um it's I guess it, it it has it's depending on your temperament it might be easier or harder but it's kind of like being a salesman but through your keyboard. And um mm-hmm. you know and if you're not convinced in your product even though maybe deep down you're not but like let's say you're selling vacuum cleaners or something. Like mm-hmm. if you don't believe that your vacuum cleaner is the one that people should buy because of this, that, and the other, like it has extra suction and yeah. you don't need to throw out bags because like there are no there are no bags and yeah. the energy consumption is super low. So like that's awesome. So yeah. you know you might like you know once you sort of buy into those key arguments, then it's like okay now I I. I, this, how should I present this to someone who might need, let's say a vacuum cleaner that consumes less, that, you know, s- sucks more. I'm, yeah, <laughs> that sounds weird, but you know, uh, I, I, uh, I know where you're going with this. I got it. <laughs> and, you know, and it's sort of like, <clears throat> I think a lot of people see advertising as like people pushing something to you. It's like, you need this, you right. have to buy this. Yeah. This is definitely for you. And they're like, no, it, it's about, hey, this is what I'm selling. 
uh, it might be for you, but thing is like in this day and age, you can't be hedging in your copy. So you have to be, unless you're legally required to, which is kind of the case in most like pharmaceutical advertising, like you have to hedge a lot. Right. It, this might work because it only works like 99% of the time instead of a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, use Apple pay, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, you know, it will do this and like, okay, it'll do that. And well, if you want something that does that, Hey, that might be for you. So I feel it was more like connecting the dots for people who may not have connected the dots and be like, Oh, this might help me with my problem that I was thinking. Yeah. What I don't like is advertising. And that also exists that advertising. That's like, you need this now, now, now bye. You know, yeah. <laughs> people do it like satirically. I notice now, but if you're, yeah. you're completely serious about it, then that's basically like, kind of preying on people which to yeah. be honest sometimes it works but it it's like will not commercial you know yeah it won't help you in the long run basically. yeah i mean infomercials i used to be a sap for infomercials as a kid i was like can we get the mixer you know like <laughs> <laughs> i want the magic bullet that was that was the one that that really uh, oh, yeah, uh, like we... caught my attention and now i have a nutri uh, bullet that I bought on Amazon. Yeah, uh, I keep years thinking, later. I wouldn't fall for that. Years and later. I look around and I'm like, I have an air fryer I never use. Yeah. I don't even know what an air fryer does. It fries <laughs> it with air? I don't know. <laughs> it's like a mini supercharged oven, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> with a fan. It's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know how these things are. But but yeah, so um I, I gotta help pretty soon. But um yeah. I, I guess for for me it's like um and the reason we talk about advertising, one, that's like our experience and we also love film, but two, it's like media, film and advertising, it's not really connected as much as it's the same industry. Yeah. Like it's literally the same industry because you make, uh, you in advertising, what do you make? You make video content, you make print yeah. content. And, then and what does like, yeah, what yeah. does technically a movie studio people? Yeah. The executives at the studio, you know, that's, exactly. those are your clients technically. It's, yeah, and they often have very strong opinions, sometimes uneducated opinions, but you still have to listen yeah. to what they have to say. Yeah, but it's like we all make <laughs> the same thing and borrow money, ideas, resources from each other because we're always doing the same process and yeah. and all of that. And it's sad because really it does come down to money. Like you almost have to assume that everybody's getting their video content for free now. Like if you're pirating out there, I mean as a lover of film and stuff i should say you know that's bad and whatnot but to be honest everything is made with the assumption that you're getting everything for free now so mm -hmm. if you're just one of the many people using like pirating sites and stuff like I i'd be like don't don't feel bad you're part of the statistic that you know media companies are looking yeah. at in order to figure out how to improve their product so you know they realize that, okay, if you can't, if you're not paying individually for videos, then maybe you're going to pay $5 a month for it to be curated. And we're going to put the best, what you would want in front of your face. And now that's how we have like certain streaming services or like, you know, your pirating sites lag. Why don't we just give you something that like doesn't lag? So, you know, at the end of the day, even though I go to other sites for movies, I would much rather watch it on Netflix and not have it lag every five seconds. <laughs> but uh, well, it's like, I mean, and even sometimes depending on your uh, telecom provider, <coughs> Spectrum, Spectrum. <coughs> um, <Yep. laughs> like even Netflix lags. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
but it's like uh, um thing is yeah it's um i see so many parallels between advertising and just like movie production in a way you know because you just switch the labels up and it sort of works the same way it's like you have the creatives then you have the producers and you have yeah uh the executives who have the final say and sometimes the executives have their own opinions and that's fine um but like they don't get it sometimes or they won't get the idea because maybe they're not connected to the culture as much or not you know and it's like it's a lot of uh back and forth but um yeah i kind of forgot what i was going to say but it's kind of like as usual after uh (laughs) after my last joke i can't remember what it was oh man it's sunday i'm tired (laughs) right and i think that's a good good way to sign off way to sign off yeah okay well uh thank you for listening uh you can find us on major platforms for podcasts like apple podcasts spotify google podcasts uh audible amazon music a bunch of other places and uh you can follow us on tiktok and instagram where we share kind of short little videos like little clips of what we say on the podcast uh every weekday at uh, what we stream on tiktok and instagram and um kevin feige again please email us for fascinating ideas uh uh, to uh, what we stream podcast at gmail.com i think this is a bit i want to keep you know, perpetuating. Just yeah. like Kevin Feige, email us. Yeah, Feige, now maybe like, James Gunn. James Gunn, email us. James Gunn, email us. James Gunn, because you 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 need our help. Kevin Feige's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he's doing. I mean, he's doing progressively less fine. I feel, but like <laughs> they just like canceled his Star Wars movie. <laughs> that oh he was yeah. Gonna do. So hey, Kevin Feige, you need extra help. Yes. Uh, ask us. Something. Kevin and James are here. Kevin James, haha. No. Kevin and James, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Where's the freaking, freaking.